are six days away from the debut of Star Wars Andor, and we are excited. Why? Because, first of all, we're going live next Wednesday. Uh, but second of all, we get to swing for the fences and make our predictions, our final predictions, even though we have an episode coming out Monday. It's our new show. Our final predictions for Andor on this episode of the Resistance Broadcast. So welcome, everybody. I'm John. How are you? It's Thursday, 9.15. So yeah, we are less than a week away. It's amazing. Uh, Lacey, what, what? I, I can't even believe that we're getting potentially two hours of new live-action Star Wars in less than a week. Yeah. Also, I'm going to this completely kind of fresh, not knowing anything about it, except like, hey, this character really means a lot to me. And hey, I'm really exploring this character. Like, I don't know anything else. And I'm kind yeah. of enjoying not knowing things. Yeah. So, James, in terms of this series, like, <clears throat> heading into it, is there, like, a one thing that you hope it gives you? Uh, and is that for the purpose of enriching, you know, his casting's journey in Rogue One? Or is it just, like, I'm going in and You mean, like, a canon thing? What it... Yeah, or character thing, you know, that helps explain, you know, uh, you know why Tivik took one in the spine at the beginning of Rogue One. Uh, you know, that sort of stuff. Like, or, or are you just going in like, whatever they hit me with, I'm just going in with no expectations. I'm not saying you have like, they must give me this, mm -hmm, but are there mm -hmm. some, some things you're like honing in on? I hope they hit on this. Hope they touch on that. Um, well, I, I mean, one, one thing that we have talked about before is that it's kind of interesting because we sort of start Rogue One and he's in a certain mindset. And then by the end of it, he has become like a different character. So he has a really good arc in that. And it's like, I'm, I'm hoping that they can deliver something where like by the beginning of this series, you're like, oh man, that doesn't feel like the Andor that's at the beginning of Rogue One, you know? Um, and yeah. that he actually has like, a a big like two season arc that leads him to this point you know what i mean like almost yeah. i'd like to see mm -hmm. him I, I feel like he's gonna start this well we're, we're predictions <laughs> we'll talk about it later <laughs> oh sure yeah yeah that's a, so yeah i mean we may throw some bold ones out there but really it's just our our, our final predictions of what we're gonna see in this show uh I guarantee there's going to be some jokes about things that we already know and stuff like that, but it'll be a fun discussion and, and hopefully thought provoking. And uh, anytime you talk Star Wars, it's a good time, especially when you're in the resistance space with us. So thanks for joining us. Um, uh, we are going to kick things off with uh, sort of the warm, the engines of our X-Wings with uh, James Bainey in our first segment of the day. Our first catch of the day. <laughs> I fear nothing. I hate when you do that. Why do you do that? <laughs> It's from uh, Empire Strikes Back. I just, I hate when you do it. But it, you know, it's a Star Wars reference, right? It's in yes, the Star I Wars. I'm just, I, I, I know, I know, I'm just kidding. He always says that. Like, I know, I don't I'm know. making fun of John by doing that. He's like, oh, he explains it. Oh, it's from Empire. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm gonna you go don't to, say. I'm, if, if I see Lacey like just randomly in public, I'm going to be like, um, I see you wearing a Star Wars shirt. Can you even name five Star Wars characters? <laughs> First of all, you'll never randomly see me in public. <laughs> That's true. That might, Although I might be going be. to your town this weekend, so maybe you will. Yeah. Are you, what, are you going to the flea market? No, I went there two weeks ago. Okay. So what's in, what's in my town? 
<laughs> does it matter why you uh, show up? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. I, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to Will of Force right now. <laughs> I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. All right. Will of the Force. <laughs> there was cheer. All right. We're doing um, four questions this week. Two of I which. I see nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and it includes Lacey Gillerin. <laughs> two of which are from patrons, which is great because, you know, if you're a, a certain level of patron or above, you can start submitting questions, which is really cool. That's why we're going to kick it off. I'll with also tell you of... where I'm going this weekend if you join our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the first questions we have here, it comes from one of our commanders, and uh, the name of this commander is Grogu's Wrinkly Head. Uh, that's what they go by. All right, they wanted to know, um, will we see Will of Tarkin uh, or sorry, Willif Yularen show up in the ISB in Andor, and it's funny because that's that I read this incorrectly, and my answer was for Tarkin. Um, so Ooh. will we see Willif Yularen show up? Uh, Lacey, you're going first on this one. What do you think? No, have John go first. John, you're going first on this one. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna say no, um, because they would need to. I, I think they've like retroactively canonized somebody sitting at that table in A New Hope as Yularen, mm -hmm. so that they need to pull a uh, Dodana and find an actor who looks like the guy. And I, I just don't think it's necessary. I know Yularen, I believe, was a big part of the Clone Wars movie, if I remember correctly. Um, Cl Clone and, and Wars. I, the whole series. You said yeah, the Clone Wars movie, but it's like the Clone. He's oh, he's out through yeah. the the whole show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's uh, in Rebels. So I, I I don't I don't think he will be a part of this. I don't think so. I think they have the new uh the new woman that is like the new Krennic, and I think even Krennic could pop up. I'll, we'll get to more of that later. But I I don't think you Lauren's making the cut. Uh, you want me to go, Lacey? Sure. Um, I, I, this is off the top, like right now, based on just John's answer, I didn't have anything prepared. I think he will actually, because of the talk of like, he's a clone wars character. He's a, um, rebels character. And it makes sense, uh, that they could recast this person similar to what we saw already in rogue one. And this shows definitely in the spirit of rogue one. So I think it could be cool if that character shows up. Um, and a big nod to the fan, easy, easy, breezy. Beautiful cover girl? No. Oh. Lacey. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. Can I say um, something really quick? What? This thermos weighs like 12 pounds, and I'm not even kidding. Is that a Yeti? No, it's a Stanley. Oh, Stanley. That's like a construction guy one. Yeah. This is for construction workers. This is not for podcasters. This thing... My like my arm is getting tired. I gotta start working out or something. So you're a baby. Is, that's what you're saying. Look how big this thing is. My head is the size of a, a Volkswagen, and this thing is like dwarfing my head. Crazy. Okay. Listen to it. Listen to it. Hit the hit the thing. Ready? Great. <laughs> that sounded wonderful. Wow. Right. Uh. What do you got? I'm gonna Lacey? say. <laughs> I'm gonna say. That I agree with James. I think he will show up. I think it's an easy way to connect 
other stories to this one. And I think as we've seen with the Mandalorian going into the Ahsoka series and other different current Star Wars Disney properties uh, and stories, they're trying to make everything connect. Um, and this is an easy way to do that so that mm. it draws people back to those other things. So I'm going to say yes. All right. Well, well, let's move on to our next one here, which is will Din Djarin break the rules and forfeit the Darksaber in The Mandalorian Season 3 without losing it in a battle? So he has no, he doesn't have to fight. He just gives it away and totally gives up on the lore or whatever, the rules of how that Darksaber is supposed to be earned. Uh, Lacey, back at you right away. Thoughts on this question? I'm going to say no, he will, Din Djarin will not break the rules and forfeit the Darksaber in Mandalorian Season 3. <laughs> Quite a long answer. Um, he looked like he wanted to give it away in Season 2, but then we see him using it in the book Boba Fett and training with it. And he's kind of on this mission to get back into the good graces with the people from his, what's the word I'm looking for? Is it Guild? Yeah, it's not Creed. Uh, Creed. Creed. Yeah, Creed. Thank you. Couldn't remember the watch. Worst band. <laughs> Creed. Sort Got of. it. Um, yeah, I think he's so wanting and needing to be a part of that group that he's gonna forfeit the thing that they think is like one of the most important things of being a Mandalorian. Uh, I don't think he's gonna just give it away. I mm. also don't think anybody would just take it. Yeah. I, I I agree with that in the sense that uh, he already sort of had that opportunity where he's like, well, she can have it. I don't care. And now the the rules have been laid out and people are in some ways, I don't want to say they're gunning for it, but it, it's, it seems like there might be some stuff with Bo-Katan um, that she clearly is having issues with the fact that he has it. I don't think he would ever give it up. I think right now he's like, going to that's part of going to be part of his story is going to be owning that sword that's right. now going to be something that he has to learn how to use it and how to wield it and uh take the ownership that he is in fact the person that um for at least this time being is meant to have it john what are your thoughts i was going to say the other way in that he was going to sort of like oops i left it here and like leave some sort of message so somebody could find it or whatever but i think you guys convinced me that he won't um the only like the reason i wrote the question was i was thinking about ahsoka and i was like i feel like the dark saber is going to be in that series with sabine you don't think the um, mandalorian is going to be there I that was the thing. So then I started thinking like, oh my god, what if the man, what if they put the Mandalorian in Ahsoka? Then I'm like, no, they can't do that because then they have to bring Grogu and then they steal the show. I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm also but not do... totally certain that Sabine would have the dark saber considering she already had the time. I mean, unless they yeah. unless they want to say she had it, well, gave it up, and and it was an issue. But but now she's the true rightful person or something. So I think she's going to be in Mandalorian season three as her live action introduction sort of like they did with Ahsoka to get the audience who are already um the buy -in. all in all in on Mandalorian yeah. to meet that character so that when they meet, uh, get to the Ahsoka series they don't have to worry about you know introducing her so to speak and 
and that sort of thing. So I think she's going to be there. So I think that adds a wrench into the whole thing over the Darksaber. Um, I, but I think you guys are right. I don't think he will just relinquish it in that sort of dishonorable way. I just, I'm like so I could see like him totally of that weapon, but yeah, I could see him totally kind of bringing out the sword to Sabine. Like he gets into a fight with her and then like he tries to use it on her and she's like, do you even know what that is? Do you even know what you're using? <laughs> I, so, oh, I like he's think... flashing it to her. Like, no, look what like I got he doesn't realize that she's not an enemy and starts fighting with her or something, you know? And she, her witty comment of being like, do you even know what that is? Do you even know what you're using? You don't even know how to carry that. Mm-hmm. I, right now, he's being, he is sort of being taught by um, the armor. But I think mm-hmm. that Sabine being a future character that could say, I, I was trained by Kane and yeah, Jairus, you know, or, you know, kind totally of thing. wrong, yeah. And I know how to wield that, and you're doing it wrong. It feels heavy, doesn't it? And, you know, kind of thing. And, like, she would be, like, the right mm-hmm. person to handle teaching him how to... I don't know. It's all interesting. You guys want to move I, on to the next one, or, John? What do you no, got? One more thought? <laughs> I, I think no. Bo-Katan is going to get a little crazy. I think she's going to get too obsessive. She's going to lose her path, uh, as I've been saying. I think Mandalorian's going to take that Darksaber and realize, like, we have to destroy this thing before it destroys all of us. He's going to take it on a journey to the top of this mountain. He's going to throw it down into a volcano, and Bo-Katan's going to go chasing after it. She's going to die in the volcano. You think she's going to smeagle it? Yeah, I just told the Lord of the Rings. Sorry. You're just told a Lord of the Rings story to two people that like Lord of the Rings more than you. <laughs> and and as she's going down, she will lift her thumb up. And <laughs> <laughs> just Terminator the hell out yeah. of it. Uh, her no, thumb, yeah, will, her thumb will be a mini Darksaber. No. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one here. It's another question from one of our patrons. Uh, this time, another commander, actually, Commander Joey Sack, asked us the question, will we yeah. ever get a story, uh, meaning a novel, a comic, or something animated, that has Obi-Wan appear to Leia as a Force ghost? And a little caveat here, he says, post-Return of the Jedi. John, you get to go first on this one. What do you thought? What do I you thought? thought? This was such a great <laughs> question. Like It is a great so, question. So much so that I logged into like when i got the question from patreon i commented under it on patreon saying like that's a great question <laughs> which i never do um not that they're not all great questions but that one i was like oh my god i want to see that so i'm gonna say yes uh i think that'd be great animated would be ideal um to just really just get as much out of it as you can get some you know kevin kiner music or something going or some john williams callbacks I think that'd be a really sweet thing. And I feel like something that now that we've seen Leia and Obi-Wan actually have a relationship when she was younger, uh, seeing them reconnect again would make more sense than if they didn't now that what they, the story they told with the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So before seeing Obi-Wan, I would have said no. But now that we've seen Obi-Wan and that they really did have that bond, I say yes. And I really would love to see it. Uh, Lacey. I'm going to say yes, we will get a story, and I think it's going to be a novel. We're already getting stories for, like, Princess and the Scoundrel of Leia and Han post-Return of the Jedi. I think it's going to be a book. 
And we mm. already have authors saying that they're working on different books that are not a part of the High Republic. So, yeah. um, I agree with both of you. I think it's going to be a comic, though. Um, but this this thing actually, I he says the caveat post Return of the Jedi. Yeah, maybe, but I don't feel like. I don't feel like there's as much stress unless you're getting closer to the sequel trilogy. I actually feel like it could happen before return of the Jedi um, because of what you, John, you were saying about the, um, uh, the connection that we clearly have now between Obi-Wan and Leia. It never felt right because we always felt like Obi-Wan was sort of connected to Luke and only Luke. But now that we see there's so much history with him and Leia I think it makes a lot of sense that uh, he at some point would show up to her and say, you know, what he needs to say that's going to motivate her, you know, at whatever time she's currently going on, which is probably not big picture, but probably what's going on in that specific comic arc. Then you have to change the end of Return of the Jedi. Why? Because... It is apparent that only Luke can see the three of them at the end. You think and so? And Leia's like, yeah. And Leia's like, I what are you looking so. at? Like, come with us. Like, oh, I think so. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I've never, I, I think that it's open that it could go either way because I think in both scenarios, you could easily look at that as she like, she sees it too. And that's She doesn't okay. even look in their direction though. She literally comes over and looks at him. She, she and thinks he he's looks just a, by himself. Yeah, and, she's and like, he Come on. looks over at the ghosts and then looks back at her and she's looking at him like, what are you doing over here? Come join us. Like, yeah. it's clear that she doesn't see him. Oh, man. I don't know about that. Maybe I guess I'll have to watch it again. But I've, I've never thought that about that scene. Like, that she's just totally has no clue. Anyway. But also, well, I think wouldn't, to it make, me, wouldn't it make sense now, too, also, that she would well, know that I'm not saying that, that it wouldn't make sense now that she's seeing it. I said when they made the movie, she couldn't see it. And that's what's apparent on screen, because when you're watching it, I know what I feel is Luke's having this kind of completion moment that only he's experiencing because he's never going to tell anybody moment. what yeah. he went through. He's going to keep that fight with Vader keep that fight with all that like all the stuff he went through he's going to keep to himself with the exception of like highlights but he yeah. knows and those people know what he went through because he hmm. had the experience with obi-wan he I had mean, the experience with yoda look, he I had hear, the experience yeah with you don't need to Anakin. argue that point i get that i just i've never really thought like when a force ghost shows up that only one person in the room can see the force ghost like you don't see obi-wan standing right there like he yeah, just showed up to, as a you force need to be ghost in tune in tune with the force i guess maybe yeah i don't know anyway because you have to think ray saw luke and leia and that old lady didn't see them well she wasn't yeah. looking neither was leia <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i'll go back and rewatch the scene again but i i just i think it could make a lot of sense that it'll be one at some point or how about, before the empire a, was destroyed here but yeah how about han han uh blasting through the ghost of obi-wan and empire and hoth be like dude i just like rode this tauntaun thing through like a ghost something just happened i don't know and it's in the middle of a snowstorm <laughs> you can barely see him as is 
<laughs> James that James hates Force Ghosts now more than ever. <laughs> I don't know. I've never thought that only one person can see them. Mm, not only one. Obi Wan. I think no, it's just kidding. who they're appearing to. Yeah. Like it's I a personal connection yeah. thing. Yeah. All right. Well, the last question is will regional governors play a role in a major role in Andor? So is there any chance? Wait, we... hold on. Because what? then if Anakin appeared to Leia, she'd be like, Who is that guy? Mm. Like Obi Wan, yes, she knows who that is. Yoda, who is that? Anakin, who is that? So if she saw them, she'd be like, Who is that? Mm. Yeah, but you're underestimating the force. Like you, somebody Ooh. could show up and you could just know. Like you've I never think seen you're this... overestimating it and writing in new powers that don't exist. You don't just know someone's feeling certain people unless you're connected to them. That's all that we've seen on it's screen. It's her dad. I don't know if she can make that that call of like, oh, this person right here is my dad. I just feel it. And I'm not bothered that you think she can see them. Like, that's cool. You know, it's a movie. Cool. Um, all right, let's get to that question. Uh, will the regional governors play a major role in Andor? Lacey, I think you're first up on this one. I can't remember. I think so. Um, I think they will. Yes. I think we're going to see a lot of empire players in the show and see how it breaks down from top to bottom and who's in power and how power is shifting along with certain groups um, and how they're all affecting the world that we see in Star Wars. Um, Tony Gilroy said that this is kind of replicating what we're seeing now and i think in our own world we're seeing a lot of different power structures within governments and other things that are affecting the world that we live in i think this is going to be no different so yes we will Mm -hmm. john uh i think so too um i don't know how major of a role but i i do know that star wars likes to be cute when it comes to um filling in things to uh, make things that come later um, expand or, or or seem um, like right on the nose and just I was thinking about Tarkin saying that regional governors now have direct control of their territories the senate's been wiped out mm-hmm. you know so I could see like those seeds being planted and maybe there's meetings going on behind the senate's back where they're figuring out how to sort of take control of certain territories and stuff so uh, I'd like to see it, so uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. I don't know how specific we need to get with like names and like which territories, but uh, I think that'd be an interesting thing because we haven't really seen that other than um, Dryden Voss gutting one of them in his introduction in Solo. So uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yep, I agree. Um, I think that this is a, an easy way to just expand the world you know you've you've heard of these guys let's get dive in a little bit more um john you nailed it about the senate and the regional governors you know now have direct control all that makes sense it's all leading up to a new hope even though it's leading up to rogue one it's all leading up to a new hope in that way and we're gonna get so many episodes that already in the trailer you're looking at like these people standing there and they're all like raising their glasses and stuff it's like i feel like even if they don't directly say like, well, I'm so-and-so the regional governor of, you know, whatever it's like some 
book a, a, you know reference book or something is going to be like these who are these people the the you know this is what you need to know about these characters they are the regional governors for this particular sector or whatever you know i also think it's going to explore the people on both sides of who's willing to sacrifice themselves for the greater good and who's willing to sacrifice others to get ahead and these are those people i think we're segueing nicely right into the discussion you're right. so welcome uh i planned all of that thank you mm -hmm. all right john take <laughs> us out of i'll take us out of will of the force you take us into the discussion <laughs> <laughs> All right, our discussion, final predictions for Andor before the series debut. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Uh, we have six days to go. Um, so let's just hop into it. You know, why waste time? They know what predictions are. Um, some might be bold. Some might be on the nose. Some might be obvious. Who knows? But I'll, I'll start where we just kind of left off and... I think it would be kind of cool if we got a political version of like an order 66 where like all the governors are on some sort of like time and they know like when it's time to start, um, you know, uh, in infiltrating or, or, or whether it's militarily or just trying to, um, upset the political process and, and block senators from legislation. Like I, I know people have problems with the politics of the prequel trilogy, but I think if you tell it within this story for Andor, it makes a lot of sense because it is, um, as they say, grounded, mm -hmm. and uh, they're putting a lot of you know allegory in it and, and and metaphors to our real life. So, if there was some sort of like plan in place, like once we get to this point and we know that we can complete the Death Star or something, like it's at this time, you know, um, that the governors are going to start advancing or something like that. I think that'd be really cool if we got like that sort of version of an order 66, where it's not like let's kill all the Jedi and kill all these people. It's let's usurp these political positions and reshape uh, that now that, um, now that uh, Palpatine has created the empire. Um, I, I just got very interesting. nervous because we talked about this last week, I think, um, or it might've been our Q and A on Patreon. But um, about the Hunger Games, and I was saying how I didn't like episodes or movies three and four, aka the third book, about because it got like really political and like into like the inner workings of the war. And James said he really enjoyed it, and I just got nervous, being like, "What if this is that? This show is like that book." I mean, there's not gonna be any Jedi or lightsabers flying around. They said so. Sigh. I just. I know I'm going to find things that I love about it. I always have the ability to do that as a Star Wars fan, but like I just got so much anxiety being like, oh no, is this another like sitting around the table talking about war show? I I could see some people being like, I want to like it, but it's so boring. Like not much happens or whatever. And I'm hoping that based like on the clip we saw with the IMAX re-release and uh, a little bit on the Twitter version of it. It's a little bit shorter, but the IMAX one mm -hmm. goes into a little more of the action that happens afterwards. So, it's, And I felt very much like, hey, man, if this is the pacing of the show, that sometimes they're going to have these deep talks, and then all of a sudden, 
here's an action scene. And then like, you know, it moves along and makes, you know, uh, the, the story have just as much weight as the people who are in there to see, uh, you know, star Wars, you know, let's, let's see. I don't want to hear talking. I want to hear action. I want to see action. You know, I felt like the, the short clip that we even got from the IMAX thing presented that pretty well. Um, because it immediately turns into a big action scene right afterwards. So, um, Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that that is kind of the pacing for the show. Um, even, even, uh, in the first couple episodes, you know, cause they, I think they need a good three episodes to get you started. I, I, I'm a little worried that maybe, I mean, part of the reason maybe they dropped the first three is because like two's kind of boring, you know, or something. So then they want to give you oh, at least maybe. three, you yeah. know, I don't know, but it was, it was always two releases before. So they were fine with that. And then it got a bonus episode when they moved it back. So. I bet one and two and three are all fine. I don't think there's any like lull there. Um, but even the um, dreaded filler, right? That's what everybody always says. There's no such thing as filler in these types of shows. <laughs> um, I, I have, a, I have a bold one I'm just going to toss out there. And I don't know how they would do this based on um, Felicity Jones' age. But in Rogue One, when she sees Saw Gerrera, it... She said she, they, she hadn't seen him in five years since she was 16. And this show starts five years before. When she's 16. Yeah. I, I think that'd be kind of cool if we, if we saw, like, whatever, wherever Saw goes at the beginning of the show, like, wherever he's at, wherever he goes because he leaves her, seeing that would be kind of interesting. I know it'd be fan servicey to Rogue One, but I think that'd be kind of cool to, to see that. And I don't know if they would have to like DH Felicity Jones. Or well, the question is, she, are we thing, seeing but... him after she got left or are we seeing him when she's still with him? So, so let, let, let me, let me stop you there. Cause that math doesn't add up. She was 22 when she died. So five years ago, she'd already been abandoned by Saw. Well, in Rogue One, she, I think she says, it's she been says five, it's been five years since I've seen him or something like that that that's interesting then i don't know i just pulled this up she, uh, it does say she was around 22 so maybe she was 19 she definitely tells saw i i was 16 or what would that be oh 21 but then tells mon mothma it's been about five years so she would be 21 yeah i guess they could do it i just i i didn't think of her i don't know i didn't think of her age that way but Anyway, go ahead. I guess that, I guess that's possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wikipedia says she was born 21 BBY. If she hasn't seen him in five years, that puts her at 16. That's exactly when Andor starts. Yep, yeah. Could could be cool. I, I don't know if Gilroy's going to go there with that. Um, just it's a, a fun, bold one to toss out there because I'm sure we're going to have ones where people are like, yep, yep, yep. So I want one where they're like, no. <laughs> I'm I'm Dummy? almost I mean that's it's such a good connection that it almost feels like they could be like you know I want you to write this show but we have a pretty strong thing that we want you to do it somehow has to incorporate Jin or so we need her in the show somehow and if it happens I'm going to be insufferable to be around well because Diego's not going to probably meet her it's going to be Stellan no. Skarsgård's character no, or yeah, just yeah. her and Saw, Seeing just her, parting yeah. ways. Yeah, yeah. Because he le- he says he let you left me in a ditch. She says you left me in a ditch 
with a knife yeah. or something like that. Uh, yeah, a, lo- a loaded blaster and a knife. Yeah. yeah. So I that'd be kind of interesting to see. Like, why did he do that? You know. Well, we've like, we've got that story. It has happened in a book. It happened in Rebel Rising. Rebel Rising? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember that book. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the the Rogue One uh, prequel, Catalyst. No, I if not in Rebel Rising, then definitely it was. I know that parts of that was retold in the comic adaptation. They showed the the scenes because I remember seeing the image of it being drawn when she was being left. But it's just yeah. But it, in, those in, could have been flashbacks in the comic. But I feel like the story had also been told in Rebel Rising. But I could be wrong with that. I don't. In Wikipedia, it's uh, like in her main like bio, it says she was raised by Saw Gerrera and became. Uh, one of his child soldiers in his army, and then the partisans abandoned her. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just curious to you know see that. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. So it's just a bold prediction. I don't expect it to to come true, but I want to throw some wild stuff out there. So there you go. Um, what was I saying earlier? Oh, about Cassian's arc is. I don't think they're going to do this because I feel like what we've seen so far of the show has been from those early episodes to set up where the place where he feels when we first get started in the series. But it would I was saying it almost would be kind of cool to see Cassian is like a little more like relaxed and okay with things. But he he's already stated that he was in this fight since he was six years old, so he's already mm. clearly jaded. That's he a looks hard very get. angry in the trailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, but it almost would have been nice had certain things been different that you could actually see Cassian be like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the Empire, and then to have seen like how bad and what caused him to want to fight against them or something like that. But that's that's not the character. I'm just interested to see what that arc is going to be because it almost feels like when we're getting started, where's he gonna go? You know, is he gonna be a one note character and everybody else around him is gonna have the arcs? I don't really oh, know. I-, I do know that he has a love interest, and I was totally right. <laughs> So yeah, uh, re- let's do a reset on that. <laughs> on reset and on off, what? Like on and off love interest. Go ahead. Oh, I always get her name wrong. What's her name? Bix. The I character's name. She's not. She's not a pen. Isn't it? <laughs> Is it Binks? Bix? No, it's Bix. Isn't it Bix? Isn't like Jar Jar's B- cousin? Okay, first no, no, no. of all, I said Bix first, and you said I was wrong. I'm pretty sure it's B I X. Good God, uh, Bix. Uh, yeah, I think it's Bix. Kaling? Anyway, yeah. So my guess from the moment we saw her was that she was going to be a love interest for Cassie Andor, and it has come out through interviews with Tony Gilroy that she is in fact an on again, off again girlfriend from his childhood until now. And she's at a point where she's done with him, but we'll see how. But the feelings are still there. So, angst. <clears throat> so, do you have a prediction that she is going to betray him or be? Well, I know on his she's side? not going to die, unfortunately, because she let that spill. Um, in season one, yeah. In season yeah, one, yeah, which we should keep this to season one. I agree. Um, but I think. I think she's going to get involved in uh, trying to help the rebellion and sticking up for people. And he's going to be kind of like, you know, 
mind your own business, don't get involved, you're going to get yourself hurt, and she's going to get herself hurt. Yeah, I get that. Possibly. There's one scene where you see like all these people in the white outfits running and you know, like I she's said it was like... She's bloody in one scene already. She, oh yeah, there's going to be a lot of a lot of that going on. Which um, is weird to see in Star Wars blood. I think the first time we see blood, isn't it? Like honestly is Finn and TFA with the helmet. Unless you count the blood spray from Darth Maul and Obi-Wan cuts him in half. Well, there's I'm blood when they cut blood. off Bond Baba's arm. You see like a oh, that's puddle true. of you blood, blood on the ground, oh, yeah, laying true. on the ground. Yeah. Um, good call. Um, I, I'm thinking to the, back to that that scene in the trailer where there's all those people in the white uniforms running, and I'm assuming mm-hmm. those are like people like Andor's like busting out from like you know like mental cells or something. It looks like very what THX. Yeah, THX one one three eight. I mean, the, people the, are associating it with movie. with clones and other things like that. But I mean, the all white thing—that's just that's how it feels. But I, I don't know yeah. that that's the vibe. But it has to be Cassian freeing them because yeah. he's the hero of the story, and he looks like he's in one of those outfits. So does he get trapped and thrown in one? He finds his way out, and he be bust open the code and there, all the doors right. open and well he yeah he is in that outfit rush and at one point he's he's going go go get out of here like to yeah. to other people so clearly he's breaking there he's done something that has caught maybe he hasn't done it there has been something that has caused an out a breakout a and breakout. he is like for it you know like helping them rush. get out yeah yeah um and i wonder if that's a situation where he got he gets help from the inside or or or, you know, this Luthan guy has connections and he helps him out with that. Or if he's just kind of on his own. Because remember, they kept saying it's a spy thriller. And whenever I think of that, I, I think of someone now. on. At, huh? Go go ahead. Huh? Finish your thought. I, I just thought of a, a, a fun oh, theory, okay. though. Yeah. I, yeah. I was just going to say, like, spy thrills. I usually think of that person. They get support to go do what they have to do. And then they're on their own. Like Jason Bourne, James Bond, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So I don't think he's gonna have like a team with him i think it's gonna be one of those things where like he gets help and gets resources and stuff like that but it's mainly gonna be him sort of this like you know uh small small fish in a big ocean sort of thing and it's like very you could like they're probably gonna make it feel very overwhelming like how is this guy gonna do this thing so i'm curious how they shot it but um i i think it's gonna be one of those things where like casting's gonna be almost like macgyver where he has to figure out Mm. how to like bust them out and, and that sort of stuff and we really get to see how he relies on his own knowledge and, and experience to get to get us through things. Um, and, and that sort of fortifying how he's sort of became a leader, um, even though he may not have uh, initially wanted to be one. Um, what I was going to say is there's there, you the way you were describing it reminded me of a Mission Impossible scene. Um, and it's not exactly the same, but it made me think that the mission that he's going to be proposed with is like him being like, you want me to break into the prison? Like, you know, like there's one guy that they need to get out and his mission is trying to like break into the prison, similar to how he's been stealing these things. As he said in the clip, you know, you just walk in and they're like, well, if he can do that and he's confident and that's the kind of strategy he has, maybe we can put him in the outfit. He can just walk right into this prison and then somehow get him out. But of course, like this is where I made the 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 Mission Impossible connection. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, 
in the process of breaking out that one person, uh, it turns into breaking out everybody. Right. <laughs> because he feels bad? No, I think it's just, it might just be part of the thing where like in the moment, like, what do you do? Well, pull the fire alarm and then that's your best bet because the guards are going to be going for everybody that you will be able to extract the one person you need it's out. It's very Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, sir. There's, a, there's another example. Yeah, sort of thing like the best bet is just to like to pull the trigger and let, let everybody, everybody go, go yeah. crazy. Yeah, maybe it's something like that. I feel like I've seen that. Yeah, I could, I could, I think that's 100% could be because <laughs> that sounds like something I know I've seen in a billion things where mm-hmm. it's like someone goes to free the one person and then the person who gets freed goes what about the others and he's like fine and he goes they're like they're almost free and clear but they they go back into the nightmare to go or help it could those be, people it could be a ray moment wrong fuses Oh, true. <laughs> yeah, like she pulls the thing and then all the doors unlock or whatever. And it's like, okay, uh, Wrong adapt. <laughs> adapt to yeah. what just happened. Um, I do find it interesting that the whole thing's kicking off with this clip, uh, obviously marketing-wise, very Han Solo. You know, like, here's this money. Can you do this? And he's like, no one does this. And he's like, how about for more money? And he's like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I like that. And then it's always like they get in for money, but then they stay because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Or or Cassian could still be in selfish mode and he's in there uh, to do what he has to do, but he... Maybe he's breaking on, her out. Bix no, out. He, puts, he puts on a white outfit and frees all of them so that he can escape in the mad pool of people and mm. blend in. Thomas so Crown he Fair. frees them for his own escape and he puts on the outfit to like not be able to be spotted. Mm-hmm. Gosh, where do we go? <laughs> what other? I mean, there's a lot we can talk about. Are we yeah. going to see the Death Star? Yes, I think so. I think so too. Do you? Yeah, I, just like, I mean, it makes sense the connection to Rogue much. One, but I almost really completed. don't want to show too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be co- that'd be cool if it was like the first shot of the series. You just see, like, here's where we are with the Death Star. But but obviously not connected to Andor or anybody who would have any information on that, right? Right, because he gets the information in Rogue One, but it has to be they're hearing rumblings of something happening. But that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm thinking that that the Death Star feels more like a season two thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, could be. I think we're going to see K2SO season one by the end. Mm. I think he's going to show up. I don't. Uh. <laughs> it's hard because it, they were very public about he's in it. Oh no! Hold on, backtrack. He is not in it, and we do not want to get your expectations yes, but up. They're very clear. They're saying he's not. So when he does show up, everyone's going to be like, "Hooray! He's <laughs> so, here!" So, so that's then, why I think. Then we're yeah. left to speculate <laughs> if they were always lying. I don't think they were lying. I think he had a bigger role, and they wrote yeah. it down. They cut him out, and then they were like, but we're going to have you show up, but don't worry about it. Mm. Or they show him, and it's just another one of those droids, and they're like, gotcha. <laughs> oh, that's a, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. We could see K2-style droids show up. Yeah. Like Hot Tub Time Machine, when did he get the, when did he lose his arm? It's like, is that K2? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Is that K2? Oh. George McFly. When, when did, because uh, I'm sure, James, you, they probably say it in that one-shot comic, 
but do we know when he's mm. programmed? Is it possible we could see K2SO pre-reprogrammed? I don't know. What do you mean? What? He Like, we he, see him in his imperial form, not reprogrammed as the K2SO we know. Yeah, like, if he's been stealing mm. from the same pot for a while, and then, like, he knows that that droid is called K2SO, and he has to get around him multiple times, but then, like, at some point, he goes, it'd be easier if I just reprogrammed the droid or something, you yeah. know? I don't know. I could bust it out, but I, I feel like I'd just, we'd go too down, deep down one hole. <laughs> trying yeah. to figure that I mean, stuff out we, we can we can do a quick like run through of characters that we think are likely to show up that were in rogue one or whatever like uh merrick he he could he can make an appearance um I, I think bail organa makes sense bail is an easy one yeah um i think one that a lot of people think is a clever pick which i think should happen is Enfys nest Oh, I really hope she shows up. Yeah, 100%. Because it just makes so much sense based on the end of Solo, and he gives her the credits to start the rebellion. Like, And we saw two tubes in one of the shots, and he was part of the Cloud Riders. Um, I think that'd be so cool. And she's still involved with the Disney family having done Willow. And I think she's doing a... Like she, they brought it to Marvel for something, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, I, I think seeing Aaron Kellyman show up as... Like a more a little bit older Enfys Nest, only five years older, but she was like a teenager in Solo, and now maybe she's you know still in the mix, but more mature and and more assured of what she's doing. And uh, I think that'd be kind of cool to see her, and not necessarily for a cameo. I think it'd be cool to see her like sort of in the mix with the Rebellion, because when else are we going to be able to see this character? Obviously not during the Galactic Civil War. So I'm not saying kill Enfys Nest, but uh, I think it would be cool to see her. Uh, doing some cool stuff in this series especially if you're doing 12 episodes like there's room yeah what would you do if han solo showed up oh man i'd have to take it at this point as, 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 <laughs> as like, that's what we're gonna get look at this shirt I'm would wearing. you take the l or take w i would just take it as a compromise <laughs> <laughs> they're like let's let's dunk him in here oh man um <laughs> So, hey, I'll, I'll say this, too. There is one character that I you guys maybe remember I posted this on Twitter once before, but it was like sort of a, a justice for Melshi. Like he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. That actor's still around. I don't know if he's been credited at all for being involved in the show, but he is, for whatever reason, very overlooked in that movie. Like people don't think of him as a main character or anything. But even when you go back to like the original shot of like, hey, this is your first look at the Rogue One. Th there are the characters. Everybody looks at that photo and goes, yep, those are the five people right there. There they are. And Melshi's there. He's six. Yeah. He's the yeah. sixth person standing there. And I'm like, he is just as important to that mission and everything that went on. Sure, he wasn't on them when they were on, you know, um, Edu or whatever. But it's like once he's early there, he's the one who rescues Jin. He's involved in multiple parts in the movie, including the, the light it up, you know, all that. Um, and we see his death scene and everything. Like, for some reason, I think people watch that movie and it's something about the pacing of the movie just sort of glazes over that character as if he's like not as relevant to that story as he is. And he, 
Yeah, he led the operation to free Jin from the Wobani prison camp. I believe. That's what I'm saying. And he has a yeah. He has he has even more to do. Like they're regularly reporting back to him. He's kind of a middleman in in the whole operation. So, for listeners, skip ahead thirty seconds if you don't want to be spoiled. This dude was already seen on set, James. Oh, really? With Cassian, yeah. Okay. Well, he then. All right, I win. <laughs> <laughs> he was already there. <laughs> I win. Oh. Anyway, uh, welcome back. <laughs> I, th- I, yeah, I think that's great. If 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 Melshi's involved, I mean, that's a that's a great call, uh, James, and the fact that he re- he didn't really get like the attention that the others did, even though he was part of like the main squad on Scarif, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or leader of the main squad, wasn't he? Um, he had to have been. So yeah, I, ba- Bays and Sherrod aren't, and p- that guy Pow isn't. So it had to have been Melshi in charge of that main he did. squad. Uh, Cassian was like Melshi, make it look like you know, do this, go to this, do that. He well, gives him directions. Yeah, he gives him directions. I know he tells that him to go one direction, and then I he says Bays and Sherrod, you're leading the squad to go this way kind of thing right, if i'm not mistaken right. i think he even concludes pow in there as well like I, I think he's saying you and pow you go this way and then um do this so i and that i mean that's another character too pow that could show up at, at some point you you i think the main thing to look at here is when they go to um um why am i blinking the planet <laughs> the scarif no like uh the main Jedi? planet yavin yavin four when they go to Yavin 4 in Rogue One, who's in the room? Who's in the conversation? And those are always the people that are, are going to be likely to show up here. It's like, at this point in time, who were the people that they were kind of looking at like a go-to? And then, Radis. Yeah, exactly. Radis. I think yeah. Stephen Stanton's back. I think he's... he's been, you've been too quiet, Stephen. I think, Steve, I think Radis <laughs> is going to be in this. Yeah, that I mean, and that's brilliant and genius. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. Do you think Baze and Sherrod so are going to be in it? About Radis, huh? Baze and Sherrod. Cheer- that's tough. And we talked about this recently. I, I Baze and Sherrod mm-hmm. specifically would be a good get, but you can't have them interact with the character, and it would be nothing more than just literally a nod. What I think, I would think make, it's got to be the group in general, the guardians. I think what would make more sense is to just create new characters that are guardians of the wills, let new actors be a kind of representative of Bays and Cheer and their people. And then let that line, let them cause trouble for Cassian. And then later when we get the line in rogue one, uh, those are the guardians of the wills. They used to stand for something, but now they're just causing trouble for everyone. It, it will be like, Oh, I know exactly what the trouble you're talking about. I know what kind of trouble they are causing you. I mean, he could interact with them because he seemed to have recognized them. Yeah, so like that my next question would be not just people, but are we returning to any places we've seen in Rogue One? I think obviously we're probably going to go to Yavin. I think that's pretty obvious. Well, season but. two, we're definitely going to the Ring of Kafreen because I said it's going to go right up to Rogue One. That's a good point. Right. Yeah. Um, the only, I mean, Jeddah. Because he says that's Jeddah, or at least what's left of it. So it seems like he's been there before. He recognizes it. Mm-hmm. This isn't his first time going to Jeddah. 
Yeah. Oh, obviously, because what Cor- we just Cor-Sun. said, those are the guardians of wills, and they're now causing trouble for everyone. Maybe he has yeah. to go to Jeddah for whatever reason, and it this is where a... all this stuff so happens. So then he will see Chirrut. He has to. If he's going to Jeddah... Well, I think he, the guardians... That's where he could encounter him, yeah. Are, we're only... Well, I don't know this. I'd have to look into the lore. Are the guardians in more than one place, or are they just protecting know. the temple on Jeddah? Well, are they the guardians of the galaxy, or are they just the guardians of Jeddah? <laughs> the, the wills. Uh, <laughs> I, that is a really good way for them to get the force at least involved in this show you don't have to have jedi and lightsabers and stuff but if you have people talking about the force and like using it to influence their um thoughts or or beliefs or whatever um, yeah and i think they'll probably have lines from cassian and other characters being like that doesn't help us at all none of that that's what got us into this situation or something like that i i was thinking of proposing the idea of would we ever hear anything political this is when john you were saying about the order 66 i thought the direction you were going down is will any political aspect of the show reference order 66 like when somebody says well when the jedi used to and they're like the the jedi turned against us you know 15 years ago that all ended and you need to mm-hmm. stop, you know, is there, is there going to be some reference to like the Jedi and how they were the betrayers and they uh, what they did caused the Empire to be this great thing that we all have now? Is there mm-hmm. any going to be any sort of reference to the Jedi and the end of that? I because it also sort of references like the beginnings of the Empire, which clearly all these guys are very proud of themselves. Like, well, we're part of the empire. The empire is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Right. Yeah. Like someone's saying something like, you know, the emperor's, uh, the emperor's men are, are still hunting the remaining Jedi to this day and making sacrifices for the empire. How dare you bring up the Jedi? And that's sort of a loose way to bring up inquisitors and Vader. And, uh, uh in, oh, in will we see an inquisitor? St- Probably not. <laughs> in a passing statement. Well, uh, how about these two ones? How about Krennic? How about the Emperor? I think and I we say will the Emperor because the they're only going to refer to him as the Emperor. Yep. Not happy about it, but I think it's happening. Not happy about uh, Sheev? Somehow I mean, he's returned sense. again. He's running the show. I hate it, John. I don't. That's like going to see the Rolling Stones and being mad that Mick Jagger walks on stage. That is not the same. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Start me up. I feel like they, the way they used him in Obi-Wan was like the, oh, he's on the phone call. He's the hologram. And so it, we've already seen shots of the Senate. So it seems likely that he could be. Oh, he has to say something. Yeah. But he also could be, I I feel like I remember seeing, I don't know where this was from. Like Rebels. John is enjoying the fact that I have to look at Palpatine on screen again. (laughs) I don't know if well, it was James just goes, well, we see the Senate. And I said, well, he is the Senate. Yeah. <laughs> the so there he was. He was in he was in the trailer already. What am I even saying? He's right there in front of all of us. Yeah. Um, but they <laughs> there was something where they were showing a city and like um, there was like an announcement or some type of hologram that was that had his face and he was like talking 
and it was like today in the news, you know, President Biden said blah, 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 blah. It was something like that. And it was just sort of like off in the distance. And it could be as simple as like he returned for, I mean, I don't know why they would bring him back for something like that, but if he's already returning, they could also put that in, you know? You know what would be sick? Because he's just like surrounding the whole thing. Yes. Don't have him in the show, but imagine there's like a a garrison or something on some sort of bridge and a security or TIE fighter backed uh, like Lambda shuttle flies over their head and they're like, that's the Emperor. That's Palpatine or something like that. And you just see his ship and he's going like somewhere. And I'll just be like this at the screen. But that would just add a like a fourth dimension to all this like there there's people t- like talking about oh my god that's palpatine ship like or something simple like that his presence is there you see how they react to it you know what i mean like it's it's i think that'd be kind of cool so I think you know, we have you know what to is see something like that because this show is taking place after order 66 so it has to show how this person got into power you know, and how these people stayed in power to the stayed point in that power. We, yeah. yeah you know what you know what is interesting when you mention a ship um lando at one point was hired to steal a yacht and it turns out that it's palpatine's yacht and it has all these crazy Sith artifacts in it. Um, but that particular ship is a rebuilt model. Uh, it's a rebuilt variation of Padme's ship from that we see in an, um, Phantom Menace. That big chrome. What? The Nubian? I think so, yeah. So it's that ship. He took that ship, like rebuilt it, and turned it into his own personal yacht. And it shows up in the Lando comic. But it would be interesting if we saw that in live action and everybody knows that's that's Palpatine's like personal similar to like Dryden Voss, like, oh, that's the light one. You know, mm-hmm. it's that's his ship. He's on that. And it's scary when you see it floating through the parade or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Looming. Yeah, that would be kind of cool if they just like kind of And that's like a prequel like reference, that. sort of. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't Palpatine also like use that ship to make sure Vader was like still manipulated by him? Yeah. What? He, like, yeah. What? Yeah. You're right. Or something. What's the story there? Because I, I don't know where the Lando stuff fits in. If that was before or after, but you are right that he gifted it was either that a manifestation sh- or he actually gave him a ship that was exactly like the first ship Anakin met her on. He like gifted it to her. Yeah. Just to or like, it, it to it's him. again, it's like, yeah, like just hammering home the, the trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, sick stuff. Also, comic book writers are, are, they do some sick things. You guys both and Lacey more so is going to roll your eyes at this, but that the, the chrome on that ship is, ends up down the line being the chrome for, um, uh, Captain Phasma's suit. Seriously? Yeah. That's Captain Phasma's silver thing. It was made from the chrome of the of the Emperor's yacht, which in turn was that ship. I don't understand why people need to connect things that much. 
That's a bit much. Because I think that I think that's like a throwaway line that like the book wrote, and it was like, oh well, this could this is a cool way to explain the chrome armor, but then like it gets it expanded be on because you've already put those things together. But you know what that 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 to me feels like they're the trying au- to make it a thing. The author in that moment feeling like that's such like a like oh like being too cute with it and feeling like oh my god this is gonna make people like oh but only for that small period of time and as time goes on it's like what really i kind of agree that's a little that's that's a bit much you're right it's a little bit a little bit bit. um any other characters to toss out there or or you want to like get into any final Bodie rook but galen urso empire being being just like cargo pilot yeah, how, maybe. How, how, yeah, how, how cute are they going to get with stuff like that? Are we going to see Bodhi Rook piloting a ship that Cassian's on and they have zero interaction? He's just piloting the ship and, 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 and he's just there, Riz Ahmed? I mean, they did the Panda Baba thing in a Rogue One, so I they don't did. think it's beyond them to say every once in a while throw in a like, Oh hey, remember this? See this? Very like, are we gonna get Easter the egg. entire Rogue One squad just to see them again? Just that's like, so like you know sprinkled in these uh, for twenty. I don't know episodes. if I want that. I'm okay yeah. with it if it happens. It depends on the, how the yeah the execution of it. I don't want people thrown in there just to be like, hey, look, 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 look. Who it is. Yeah, like look. Bo- Bodhi Rook's piloting, and Cassian goes to get off the ship, and he looks at him, and he's like. You know, you seem like a good guy. I just want to say that. Like, like <laughs> as at long this as point, he loses like, those what eighth if the grade bad science batch shows up, you know, or whatever. Like, we we get a little ridiculous. I was when I was running through people just a minute ago. I thought, well, what about Rex? Because we have Tamara Morrison. He could pull it off, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't waste it before Ahsoka. That makes more I don't sense. Think they'd do it before Ahsoka. Yeah. yeah, but after Ahsoka, they could do it in season two, but it still doesn't. I don't know. So are you I mean, he clearly out... was involved in the original stories as they've made it clear here's one, here's he one fought on Endor and stuff. So are you ruling out the entire Ghost crew then because of that reason? And how about... Uh, I don't think he will, but I just want to see your thoughts. Thrawn. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I would say all of the Ghost crew, yes. Rule them out. Oh, rule them out. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Thrawn. Dun, Thrawn's dun, dun. tough. I'd, I'd have to like look at his timeline to figure out when he came in and when he started moving up the ranks. Yeah, I mean, it's before Rebels, so. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's actually funny. There is a character in this show that every time I look at him in the show... He looks like Thrawn. Mm-hmm. And I remember it, you pointing that out to me. And to me, it almost looks like they have taken a blue character and edited him to turn him more of a natural color. But when we actually watch the show, he'll be blue. Ooh, that's that's, that's what it looks like to me, just like the way he's standing and just like looking at the scene. You're like, something's weird with that guy's skin color. The thing that's interesting, though, is like, I don't feel like they would, if he's in the show, they wouldn't, they'd remove him altogether. They wouldn't like. But for people that don't know who Thrawn is, to bring him up now would tie him back to the Mandalorian. No, and I get that. 
I, I think that it, it would make sense to have him in at this particular time. And when you watch the trailer, look for the guy. But I, I like is the is the person even in that scene? Is that a known actor? Because they're not gonna they're they're not giving it to that random dude who nobody knows. And then <clears throat> like you know they're trying to say you know whatever it would be what 10, 15 years later or something like that they're gonna give it to a different actor I guess maybe yeah, I guess. Mm. It's possible. Anyway, that that's a crazy wild fan theory that I've not seen anybody pointing out, but I really think that guy looks he has a a Thrawn vibe in the scenes that I've seen him in. That's interesting. That is a bold one. That yeah. is a bold one. And I'm not so saying we, it is, but if if it does end up being him and so, the, and all of that came true, I was I was thinking it. I'm not calling it, right. but I was so, thinking so, it. I have a bold one. James has a bold one. Lacey, do you have anything bold you want to toss out there? Not really. I've... This series, I'm just kind of going in fresh. I'm going in without any expectations, without any ideas. I just want romance in some way, and I'm hoping I'm going to get it. Is Cassian going to kiss Bix? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so, too. Because yeah. then that would explain why he didn't get romantic with Jyn Erso because the girl that he truly loved died or something terrible happened to her. Are we going to see Mon Mothma make out with her husband? I don't know. <laughs> Does it's Mon Mothma's romance. husband get killed? Well, it sounds yeah. like it's not romantic because she married him when she was 16. So I can't really stand behind that of... It's probably not a great relationship. Where did you get that information from? It was in an interview with uh, Genevieve O'Reilly, I believe. Oh, she talked about her husband and said that she married her husband when she was 16? Yeah. Oh, You double check it, but I'm pretty sure I read it because it was one of those things that I read that I was like, ugh, don't yeah. like that. And he was five. What? No. Uh, yeah, her does her husband die? Yeah, and his name is Gone Mothma. Is that you were building that up for that? Well, anyway, it was until, okay. you, until you went into the whole spiel, but uh, I don't have many other predictions either. Um, and we are up on time, yep. So if, if you have any others you want to toss out there, let it fly, James. I'm good. Um, no, I you caught me off guard. I was looking up Mon Mothma's husband. And his literal Wikipedia article is literally that Mon Mothma's husband, and the entirety of the description is a male individual was the husband of Imperial Senator Mon Mothma, and appearances and or <laughs> like that's an arc, just right literally there. nothing gender <laughs> male, <laughs> like that's it, nothing, that's and it's it. and the notes and references is the. I'm I'm assuming yeah the entertainment weekly. So that's it. I could then then yeah if he's not yeah I guess he probably will die then, right? That makes a lot of sense. What um, if she a sacrifice she has to make. I don't think she yeah. would kill him. But she I think it's him. something where she has to like she cares for him and then he's like I'll go, you have to stay kind of thing. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You want You're to hear too a important fun to fact the bigger from picture. Legends? I'm nothing, you know, kind of thing or something. Here's a, a to end the discussion. A fun fact of something that will never happen. Um, Mon Mothma 
was present for the wedding of Luke Skywalker and Marjade. <laughs> she got the invite? She did, apparently. Big deal. I hope she didn't wear white to that wedding. <laughs> the one time she's like, ooh, <laughs> maybe I should have thought about this. I should have left my sheet at home. Oof. Yeah. Oh, poor Mon. <laughs> She was she was much more fashionable in her youth, but what are you gonna do? Well, that's when she's probably married to a rich guy, and then once you get into the rebellion, you lose all your money. I wish I was a rich man. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, this was this was interesting. It's a couple of bold ones, some interesting ones, and I like some of the conversations we created based off of some of the predictions. So, and I'm sure there's a lot more we can get into, but. Uh, let's find out in, in six days whether or not any come true in the first three episodes. Be pretty cool. Uh, but I also like being wrong in this stuff. I, I like not knowing. So it's just fun. Like part of part of why I love doing this stuff is that the speculating and, and trying to like be a detective and put stuff together. I think that's a lot of fun. So I enjoy these types of chats. Uh, hope you two did. And I hope everyone uh, out there listening and watching did too. And let us know what yours are. What are your predictions? Um, and what do you think of ours? Our bold ones, our safe ones, our thought-provoking ones, all of them. And we appreciate that. Um, so we were going to do an open chat, but we're up on time. So we're going to hop out. But we'll be back Monday with an episode. And then, of course, we'll be live. TRB Live returns next Wednesday, where we're going to do our best on a live stream to tackle the first three episodes of Andor. So it, it's probably going to be a longer episode than our normal live streams. And I'm okay with that. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I'm, I don't know how you guys feel. I'm excited to do the live shows. I always just have such a good time. The live chat always makes me, I don't know, feel so good. I, it's such a good time. So I'm excited to do that again. The live chats are my fave. I love uh, interacting with you guys and hearing what your thoughts are. And just, I like reacting to things when they happen. It feels like we're at a party. Yeah, we're just Wars. like hanging out. We yeah, get so in the cool. routine of the show and how it goes and how we know this conversation is about something that happened this week, but it's going to be mm -hmm. heard next week. And we get in that routine that a live show is like a breath of fresh air to what we normally do. Sometimes mm -hmm. when we're podcasting and, you know, we're on this screen seeing the three of each other, I like want to like, let me see what the chat's saying. And I'm like, oh, wait. They're not here. They're not There's here. no chat. Yeah. So I'm excited to be with everybody <laughs> next Wednesday. But um, we are going to hop out of here. Before we do, I uh, want to say a special thank you to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Uh, we have updates coming real soon. Um, and uh, I'm not sure, you know, honestly, you know, we, we record these a little bit in advance. So we may have already revealed our plans. I'm not sure. But... If you're not a patron yet, it's a great time to sign up. One, we got all the Andor stuff coming, Bad Batch around the corner, then Mando Season 3, and we have plans that we're going to be unleashing and uh, some new looks and stuff like that, so we're very excited. So head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Join us for starting at just $2 a month for access to all of our bonus content right out of the gate, early access to our episodes, uh, and then as you rise up the tiers, uh, there's more benefits as, uh, as you go so take a look and uh if you want to support us we really appreciate it uh it will help us be able to grow the show and, and do more and that's uh a good thing so uh special thank you though to our generals and spice runners generals carmelo john Reese, jetta rosewater frank grande darth hurricane nick kratz christian morales brian smith matt chitty danny mike ramori matt heath chris white brendan mclaughlin 
Count Pepto, who recently went skydiving. Maniac. Love it. Samuel Zilke, Sneaky Zebra, and Val Trichkoff, and our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and our newest Spice Runner, Michael Fry. Thank you all for your support, and all of our patrons appreciate that. StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. If you want some TRB swag, makes a little to happen shirt, TRB logo, what have you. If you're watching on YouTube, Links are right below. Takes you right to the shirt to buy it. Or check us out on Spring. Look up a Resistance Broadcast and you'll find us. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at Star Wars Newsnet and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. Uh, where we'll actually, James brought it up before, but we're going to be doing our next podcast on the very first Mission Impossible, uh, I believe next week. So Called it. check that out. Uh, Lacey, how about you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. James. Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. All right, everyone, have a wonderful weekend. Get geared up for Andor. And, but don't forget, we'll see you Monday with our last episode before Andor debuts right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.